again, I want to welcome everybody to the conversation. My name is Daryl Arnaz, and I am the developer of something that uh, I am finding to be very useful in life, something that's uh, turning out to be very beneficial, not only in my life, but in the life of a lot of people that I have interaction with. And that is the concept of freedom creation. Now, someone might be saying, what in the world is freedom creation? Well, first of all, I do want to say I'm not creating people's freedom. What 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 uh, freedom creation is about is coming into a place where you begin to understand who you are, what you have, who sent you, <laughs> where you're going. That alone will give you a sense of freedom in your life. That is, you are no longer to uh, trying to be something that you believe that people want you to be, or you're no longer trying to be uh, what everyone says you should be. You're no longer trying to fit in um, to everything that is going on, whether we're talking the faith community, whether we're talking politically, whether we're talking economically, socially, no matter what the case may be. Freedom creation is when you come to understand that you are a one of a kind original. Just think about that for a moment. There's nobody on this planet who has been designed and created the way you have. You are a one of a kind original. And when you know that, then you understand that you have all of the resources, you have all of the tools, you have all of the capabilities that you need to fulfill your purpose um, in the world. Where a lot of people run into problems is they try to conform. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit tonight. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 of two, one and 2, of course, say, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so when you come to a place where you're no longer trying to conform to status quo, you're no longer trying to conform to what people believe you should be. You're, you're no longer trying to conform to the norms and the ideas that are so prevalent in the culture around about us, but you understand that you are here not to conform, but you are here, number one, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then as a result, you become an agent of transformation. Oh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Um, I do want to say if anyone is interested in any of the teachings and of the courses that we hold, um, you can send me an email. If you have any questions, any concerns about anything, feel free to send me an email. I will respond. If you need to talk by phone, I will return the call. Um, but you can send me an email at da at freedomcreation.com. Net, and I'll be sure uh, to get right back to you as soon as possible. And so I just want to, to mention that before we get started in uh, this conversation tonight. Let's, let's have a short word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the abundance of your spirit that you've given us. Father, we thank you for your word that you've given, given to instruct us, to lead us and to guide us. And Father, we pray that your spirit will flow tonight, that you would bless your people, that you would speak to your people in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I was going to title this Check Up from the Neck Up, part three. But what I decided to do was to not talk about that, but to do more of a, 
a spiritual checkup. And this becomes really interesting um, because spirituality is, is one of those things that we face in our culture. Spirituality is one of those things uh, that we face in our lives when we really begin to understand that there's a spiritual component to humanity that can only be fulfilled as he is reconnected to his creator. But within the, with, within the world, by and large, and I'm going to speak primarily about the church for just a moment, but within the church, there are notions of spirituality that just aren't true. Um, within the church, there are notions of spirituality that tend to be a little different. They tend to be a little skewed. And so people have a tendency to think that to be spiritual means that you have to be weird. Being spiritual and being weird couldn't be the furthest things apart from the truth. Example, you know, people will say, well, you know, the Bible says that we are a peculiar people. We are. We, you know, we are peculiar people, but it doesn't mean we're weird. We are a peculiar people, but it doesn't mean we're flaky. Uh, we are peculiar people, but it doesn't mean that we don't use our brain, that we don't think, that we don't have intelligence. Um, we're not just emotional creatures who tend to just kind of get blown about and they, they only move by emotions. They don't have any higher sense of reason. Um, that's one of the differences with humanity. We were created in the image and in the likeness of God. The clearest demonstration of what it means to be spiritual can be seen in the life of Jesus. Now, whether or not you believe the biblical narrative about Jesus, that's, you know, that's not really the nature of what I'm saying tonight. But um, if you just simply look at the life of Jesus. There was no man who, who walked in a level of spirituality greater than the Lord Jesus. There's no man that ever walked um, more in tune with the spirit of God. There was no man that ever walked uh, who was more aware of the presence of God in his life than the Lord Jesus. And Jesus wasn't weird. Um, Jesus didn't move and, and, you know, kind of function out of a framework. Well, we're, you know, we're just going to see what God does because you know, you just never know what God's going to do, you know. Um, and, and I think it's the way we interpret John where he says the wind blows where it wills and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. So as everyone is born of the spirit. And so I think that we have this idea that the spirit of God just comes upon us and we just woo, woo, woo. You know, we just we just woo, woo out somewhere. That's not true spirituality. That is more spiritualism. Um, that is more um, ancient paganism where the spirit just comes upon people and they just zone out. That's not really the presentation of the Holy Spirit that we see, you know, lived out in the life of Christ. So when we talk about doing a spiritual checkup, it's important to understand that when we're talking about the spirit of God, we're talking about God. 
Um, we're not talking about a part of God. We're not talking about an essence of God. We, we are literally talking about God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we talk about spirituality, oh my, well, <laughs> we are not talking fruits, flakes, and other assorted nuts. We, we are literally talking about people who are engaged in a journey um, to know God, to follow after God, to, to learn about the things um, of the spirit of God. And as a result, learn about things that pertain to us. Um, learn about things that pertain to us. So as we go through this spiritual checkup, the first thing that I want to say, this is this is not about throwing a lot of Bible. That's not that's not what this is going to be. Um, this isn't about, um, you know, the spirit of God coming upon me and I start prophesying. That's that's not what this is. Um, what this is actually going to do, hopefully, is is going to help us to to understand something about how we are transformed by the spirit of God. How are we transformed by the word of God? How are we to live our lives? How are we to think through the events that are going on all around us? How are we to navigate this thing called life? And so we've been looking at some things that I call presuppositions. Let's talk about this. Presuppositions. The first, one of the first things that I mentioned about presuppositions, um, presuppositions are things that we are just going to presuppose are true. We're going to presuppose that they are true. So these are attitudes, these are ideas, these are concepts that what we are going to do, we're going to try them on. Um, we're, we're going to learn to live out of the framework of these particular understandings and these particular approaches to people and see if it actually enhances our lives and as a result, makes us more effective in the things that we are putting our hands to do. See, if God is going to entrust us with great things, if, 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 if God is going to entrust us with the business of his kingdom, then we ought to be good managers of the kingdom. We ought to understand how the kingdom operates. We, we ought to understand how we should view things from a kingdom perspective as opposed to a religious perspective. And so I'm talking about kingdom tonight. I'm not talking about religion. Um, more specifically, I'm talking about being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we're going to look at some presuppositions. We're going to look at some things that, again, we assume to be true. So we could actually say that they are convenient assumptions. They're, they're, they're beliefs that we can hold. We, they're going to be ideas that is good for anyone to assume as they're dealing and as they're walking through life. This is one of the things that the scripture does. The scripture should give us a frame of reference through which we view the world. The scripture should give us a frame of reference about how we view other people, how we view ourselves how we view relationships, how we view business. The scriptures should give us a different frame 
of reference. Now, remember, it says to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when I talk about kingdom <laughs> and scripture, many times I'm not using it in the sense of what we know with our religious notions of what it means to be a Christian. So some of these things that I'm going to share may seem a little iffy to some people, and there's a reason for that. And as I do some review, I'm going to touch on why I, 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 I say that. But these are going to be assumptions. They're going to be beliefs. They're going to thing, be things that are generally plausible and is good to assume. Because what they do is they actually form the bedrock in terms of how we build relationships. It forms a bedrock in terms of, of how we communicate with other people. It forms a, the, bedrock, the bedrock of actually gaining mindsets so that we can create excellence in our lives. So the first one that we looked at was something known as respect for the other person's model of the world. And in this is simply saying that each of us view the world through the lens of our own unique experience. That's our model of the world. That's how we believe life works. This is how we believe things are. And it is largely determined by our upbringing. It's going to be culturally, culturally related. It's going to have to do with how we were raised, right? That it begins to form our model of the world. And so if we can learn to respect other people's model of the world, that will automatically enhance our ability to maintain good relationships. In respecting someone's model of the world, it doesn't necessarily mean you agree with their model of the world. It does mean that you respect their model of the world. Um, it's kind of like myself. If, if I feel as though the way that I view life isn't valued, those are generally not going to be relationships that I want to get involved in. Um, it's, it, it's just not going to be relationships that I want to get involved in because I, I don't feel valued. And this is what happens when we don't value other people's model of the world. They begin to feel devalued. And we don't ever want to make people feel devalued. We want to really help people come to understand their value as human beings. See, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God valued humanity enough to come in the person of Jesus and take upon himself the sin of the world so that we could be restored back into fellowship with him. Now, if God took that extreme because he values people, that ought to speak about how we ought to be valuing other people. Now, the next one that I want to look at is the meaning of the communication is not simply in what we intend, but it's in the response that we get. What does that mean? That means all communication is two-way. If I'm trying to communicate with somebody, I'm sending a message and I am hoping and I am anticipating that they're going to respond to the message the way that I intended it. But as you know, if you ever enter into conversations with people, many times people, we don't hear what other people are saying. We hear what we think they say. <laughs> are you listening? We don't always hear what other people are saying. We hear 
what we think that they're saying. So just think about all the, the, the conversations you've been in and you've said something to somebody and they said back and you said, but that's not what I said or that's not what I meant. You know what I meant to say. See, this is where all of this gets in. And when we understand that the meaning of the communication is also in the response that we get, it, it causes us to think about how we're communicating. Am I actually expressing to this person what I'm actually really trying to say? Because remember, if they're looking at the world through a different lens, the meaning I attach to something may not be the meaning that they attach to it. And this is where that dialogue has to come in, where, you know, I'm saying something and then they respond and I'm kind of like, but that's not what I said. Right. So instead of me becoming uh, judgmental towards them, I should stop and think, uh, am I actually communicating in the way they can understand what I'm saying? Am I communicating in a way they can understand what I'm saying? So we have to begin to look at, you know, our communication skills and our communication strategies. The third one that I want to look at is the spirit, mind and body affect each other. We are holistic people. Now, if you're a person that just believes that humanity consists of soul and body, then you can just say, well, soul and body affect each other because in my frame, the way that I view the world, the spirit, the soul, and the body that composes the total human person and what happens in one affects the other. So my spiritual health is going to impact my mind, which is going to impact my body. If my body is unhealthy, it's going to impact my mind. It's also going to impact my spirit. So the spirit, the mind, and the body all affect one another. And so we have to be conscious of that as we're going about this business called life. Um, next thing that I want to say is that people respond to their experience, not to reality itself. This goes back to what I said earlier. We respond to life the way we believe life is operating. Um, and this is what causes a lot of tension between a lot of people. Because we each believe that our view of reality is correct, if other people do not necessarily agree with what we're saying, then it causes tension in the relationship because we're ready to accuse them of being wrong. So everybody needs to believe like me. See, if, see, if everybody believed like me, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. If everybody, if everybody believed like me, then everybody would be okay. Because of course, you know, I got it all together. This is how, this is kind of how we work. But the reality is that I am only responding to my experience of reality, which can be flawed. My experience of reality is just that. It's my experience of reality. It may, it's not going to be everybody's experience of reality. And this is where learning to interact with people to gain a shared understanding of the human experience goes along, can go a long way. Um, this is something that a lot of um, mediators, people that mediate between uh, parties that can't seem to 
agree on anything. This is what they do. They help people understand the other person's experience. And so when you understand the other person's experience, it helps us to be a little bit more empathetic. It helps us to be a little bit more compassionate um, and graceful to other people because they can only respond out of their experience. And once we understand that though, we can help people to broaden their experience, but just by helping them understand they're responding out of their experience. This is part of trans transforming the mind. This is what scripture is talking about. We just never looked at it from this angle before. So the last thing that I want to share that I've already covered is that the map is not the territory. And that goes back to our experience of reality. We have created a map through which we view the world. And that's all it is. It's our map. And our map is imperfect. Our map is limited, again, to our experience. So I don't, I don't want to belabor that point, though. Number six, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. Now, remember, these are presuppositions. These are things that we are going to assume are true. And so we are going to act in life as if they were true. Now, imagine what can happen when you adopt the attitude that there is no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. Think about that would do to your sense of self, to yourself, your sense of being in Christ. This is this is what Jesus was trying to get us to understand, that that there's nothing wrong with trying. But there is no failure. You're just going to get feedback. So what what that's going to enable you to do is you can remove all of the emotional drama that goes along when you start feeling to yourself as if you are a failure. Because we try something and we don't succeed at it, that does not mean that we failed. What it does is it helps us to understand a way something doesn't work. So we've, we've learned now from the experience we're not becoming a victim of the experience. We learn from the experience and then we can try to find ways to develop a plan to approach it from a different angle. You see the difference? There's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. So I may have found 15 ways that something doesn't work. But if I'm flexible, <laughs> which is going to lead me into the next one, if I'm flexible, I'm going to look for other ways to do it. I'm going to look for other options, and then I'm going to reapproach that thing again. This is what people who manage to achieve their dreams, this is the mentality that they have developed. They never allow their feedback to be viewed as a failure that would cause them to stop pursuing what it was they were pursuing after. This is really what makes the difference between success and failure or success <laughs> and non-achievement. Let me put it like that. Success and non-achievement. See, people who manage to succeed, they continue to keep pushing. They take their seeming failures and then they turn them into feedback loops. Okay, I see what I did wrong here. Well, I thought I could do it this way. Let me let me try to do it this way. And then now I have another way of approach. I have another approach. This is also what leads to us gaining wisdom.
Wisdom is knowing how to apply knowledge. That's what wisdom actually is. Now, I mentioned the thing about flexibility. What does that mean? <coughs> Excuse me. That means that the person with the greatest flexibility is going to have the most impact on any particular given system. The person with the most flexibility, think about times when you were inflexible. Once you become inflexible, you shut down your options. Let me say that again. Once you stop being flexible, you shut down your options because you no longer have any choices. These are the people that say it's either this way or the highway. You ever, <laughs> you ever met people like that? They have this way and then they had a highway. And this way is typically their way. So if it's not going to be my way, it's not going to be any way at all. That's what you call inflexibility. It's it's tomato, tomato, potato, patata. You, you understand what I'm saying? So you, you, you leave yourself with no choice. You have no choice in life. And having choice is always better than not having choice. That's the eighth. That's the eighth one that I want to share. Having choice is always better than not having a choice. What society has been very good at, what society has been very good at is really limiting choice. Hey, Steph, limiting choice. So you go in to buy a car, one of the first things that they ask you once you find a car that you like, so do you want it in red, blue, or another color? They automatically assume that you're going to get this car and then they're going to limit your choices. And so that's really how society uh, has, has functioned. So you, you, you either have servants or you've got masters. Um, you have black, you have white, you have hot, you have cold, you have good, you have bad. Okay. So, so we're already in a mindset where our choices are very limited. Am I going to go to school and get a higher education or am I going to be a sports figure? Am I going to be a doctor or am I going to be an athlete? Am I going to be a comedian? A comedian? Am I going to be an entertainer? Right. And, and so those choices always are limited. And then when we begin to limit our choice, we shut off avenues of opportunity that may be coming because we say, well, it wouldn't come that way. It's either going to come this way or that way. Well, it might not come this way or that way. It may come the other way. And you never know what the other way is. But if you're not anticipating that there is another way, it has to be, and it doesn't have to be this or that. You're open up for new experiences in life. You're coming out of your cage. You're, you're coming out of human limitation. You're learning how to live spiritually. <laughs> Somebody said, these aren't spiritual principles. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yes, they are. Um, so everything you know, everything that we really try to engage in, these should be these should be things that's going to enable us to increase our options. It's going to increase the choices that we have. It's going to help us to 
develop greater flexibility in life. This is growth. This is transformation. Many people, spiritually speaking, are sitting around trying to pray, <laughs> try to pray eight hours a day for transformation. And God said, no, what you need to do is you need to remove, you need to renew your mind. You need to start thinking differently. You need to expand your comfort zone. You, you need to begin to understand that life isn't always black and white. There are some grays and some blues and, and some reds and some greens. All of the splendor that life offers and many people limit themselves to either or. <laughs> Why not have both and? This is increase. All right, this is increase. This is, that's really one of the truest principles of prosperity you'll, you'll, ever, you'll ever come to understand. What? That there is an abundance, that it doesn't have to be either or. There is an abundance, and these resources can flow in from anywhere possible. That's why Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. But see, we never equate what Jesus said and talk, we, we never equate it with the fact that maybe he's trying to broaden our horizon. Maybe he's trying to help us to think in a new way. <laughs> Use your brain for a change, right? Using your brain for a change. I hope this is helping somebody. I'm almost done. Um, again, I, I do want to remind you that um, if you'd like to know more about any of our teachings or our, our classes or seminars or anything of that nature, you can always visit us uh, online at e-learning.emergentministries.com. And, and know this, my ultimate objective is to help you get out of your spiritual cage. Get, you know, get free and live free. This is about freedom creation. Get free. Jesus has set you free. Now, now, now realize that you're free and start acting like you're free. Stop acting like a slave and act like you're free. All right. So here's the next.